Hey guys, I'm Sean from the Comics Pals, and I am here with up-and-coming writer who is working on some pretty, pretty fantastic books, I must say, and I'm glad we're here to talk about them right now. I'm talking about the writer of I Hate This Place, or the name that I prefer, Fuck This Place. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the writer of Where Monsters Lie, one of the writers behind Thanos' Death Notes, the writer behind Peacemaker Tries Hard. So many amazing books. I'm talking about Kyle Starks. Kyle, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I like that intro. I like that up and coming. Yes. I'm finally doing it. I'm finally I'm finally coming. Yes, exactly. And, you know, this is an industry where a lot of times, you know, like someone like you, for example, I, I find your work here in 2023. And I'm yeah. like, oh, man, you know, a, a fresh face, you know, somebody, somebody new, somebody's got something interesting to say. But of course, for you, from your perspective, you're like, I, I'm not new to this. I'm true to this. I've been doing this. Yeah. Well, listen, you know, listen, I, so here's, so just real quick, I'm 46. I'm not young man. Right. And I started doing this professionally, like only six years ago. Hmm. And I was only making comics a few years before that for fun, for hobbies, for jokes, you know? And, uh, uh, I did Sex Castle. Sex Castle was my first major book, and it was nominated for an Eisner. I optioned it before it came out. It was very, it was wild for me. Um, but I kickstarted it first, and it's just something I made out of love. And mm. I ended up through this sort of weird series of events, having dinner with uh, Matt Fraction and Chip Zdarsky at wow. Heroes Con. And afterwards, Matt was like, oh, I want to read this book. This guy was telling me it's real good. And I'm like, oh, I'll bring it to you or whatever. And Anyway, long story short, he ended up getting, he ended up reading it and he read it on his plane and he was tweeting it and he, I sold like, you know, 10 copies, 20 copies. I was so stoked to have made 10 extra sales. And he's like, Hey, uh, you know, I do want to talk to image. And I was like, I was like, for sure. And so, I mean, that's how, like, that's how it started. Right. But I say to Matt, every time I'm like, I'm like, you know, I owe you, I owe you forever. And he says, well, it wouldn't matter. Like the book's good. Like it doesn't matter, but there's a hundred good things that no one ever sees. There's a hundred good albums no one listens to. There's thousands of good books don't read. So uh, it is lucky. And, and, you know, if it takes six, if it took six years for you to find me, I'm glad we found each other. Um, I, I do think I'm, you know, I've reached a point where I'm for sure doing my most uh, notable works. Um, I hate this place. I think we sold 30,000 copies of issue one. Horror wow. is great right now. Horror and comics is, is doing great, which is thrilling to someone who loves horror. Um and I hope I hope everyone else who finds me this year maybe checks out you know Sex Castle or Rock Candy Mountain or one of my other six sidekicks of Trigger Keaton. All these other books I did. Um, yeah, man, it's a journey. We're doing the journey, and I'm, I'm glad anyone new finds me. It's very exciting. Yeah, I I can only imagine. And you know, you talk about the the resurgence of horror uh, yeah. comics. It's 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 a real boom right now, and it's so cool to see outside of the big two. You know so much great horror out there but yours is different because your your horror books are a little more quirky and i feel like they're coming from a place of how do i say this like a lot of horror right now is you know it's it'll be monster based or something like that and yours is is a little bit off like you have doomsday preppers in your books you've got ufos you've got but you've also got you know more classic horror style characters um uh so i'm i'm loving the the different flavors that you're bringing to the table is that something that's deliberate for you or is that just a part of your dna i think i think there's something i i love 
So my the reverend sex castle again because I feel like it sets a. I'm gonna assume no one knows who I am now. No one has ever heard of Kyle Starks. No one knows him. The Sex Castle was a love letter to 80s action movies. I said it's the best 80s action movie never made, right? Mm. And when I made that book, I didn't want to make a spoof. I didn't want to make a satire. But I love 80s action movies. And I wanted to sort of swim in these tropes and archetypes. And that's what it is. So it's very much like a love letter to these tropes and me creating something new. And horror is the same. Like, I love horror. And one of the things I love about horror is that there's so many different takes on it there's so many different perspectives and roots and ways there's so many different things you can do which is um i mean i hate this place is about a couple who who inherits the most paranormal place um it's haunted there's ghosts there's monsters there's a dark entity in the woods there's lights in the sky and what i liked about that setting is i could do whatever horror story i wanted to do but even in the beginning like it's, it's clearly a haunted ranch clearly there's a sort of stephen king dark entity but at the gate i'm like there's a slasher there's a there's a, a human man slasher because I love slasher movies. I love them. Uh, but I also love spookies. I love the spookies. And I love, uh, you know, sort of some body. I hate body horror stuff, but I had to put some in there. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I love these. I love I love how stories are constructed. And so so that's very much me. Like, I, I can play with all these genres. Whereas Where Monsters Lie is about, uh, from Dark Horse, is about a gated community for slasher villains. And I love all those slasher movies so much. And I love the archetype of sort of like these singular villains with all their sort of different sticks or whatever, you know? Yeah. And I think yeah. a lot of that I realize now, like as I've been, I think it's because I was raised on superhero comics and I love that sort of idea of someone having a shtick and a costume. Um, I think that's <laughs> why I like slasher villains so much. And they're always a clear good versus evil that's going to end in a fight. And I love a fight. So yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to do a spoof. I don't want to do a satire. I want to make something that no one's, that I feel that's unique and fresh but also i want people to, to feel so familiar and i think both of those books do that it's like i haven't read a book about someone who's had the most haunted paranormal place or a gate but i want you to be like oh yeah i recognize these things like these things feel familiar to me and i think it's just right. that i love tropes and i love the parts of story and i like playing with those so much yeah i i thought it was really um really interesting the idea of a gated community for um you know for these slasher type characters um and i love how they all felt like they could have been the star of their own franchise like if they were if like if they had their own movie and that was my sort of headcanon is like these are all these are all that they're jason level in their own yeah. respective spaces and then they're brought together. It felt like a, like a Super Smash Brothers of of slasher villains. Yeah, that's a great. I love that. I love that Super Smash Brothers. Yeah, man. Let's hope Shutter. Let's get Shutter involved. Let's tell them. I like because I. I mean, not that I ever. I never make anything with that intention. But as we finished, I was like, I was like, Shutter could do a lot with this. They'd have their own universe to play yeah. with. Because I, as I'm like, as I'm doing, like my characters only exist in sort of the moment. But I'm like, man, I kind of want to see the Puzzleman, Professor Puzzleman you know <laughs> prequel or whatever right i want to see i want to see what's up with all these characters um and who knows like you never know like it's dark horse it could get big and we have like a black hammer it, it won't but you never know it could be like a weird black hammer universe of where monsters lie uh that'd be pretty cool but yeah i like like that's what you want you want, it, i i think it's a very difficult thing and i'm not necessarily saying i i did it well but i think it's how you walk into it is that like there's a character like there are archetypes there are archetypes right? right so this character is sort of the chainsaw cannibal character which you're like oh it's Leatherface it's not Leatherface but it's Leatherface and like oh this is the sort of the what they call this we like to call the shape in horror circles right it's Michael Myers it's Jason and like 
it's 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 very much also like a shorthand more than me wanting to be like oh i wreck it's like because i want people to go oh well what's going to happen if leatherface gets near jason right right are they going to fight like what happens if they fight and that's part of the whole thing like not just me being interested in like who builds jigsaw man's traps for him because he's not building them we all know that but like all these questions like these logistical questions of being a slasher like where do they go between their movies like they have to go somewhere they're not just like hiding in the woods they're right. eating popcorn like you know what i mean like they have to be eating popcorn <laughs> uh so i mean that was really all the thing but yeah i like i like that super smash brothers uh and i as you want to be familiar but not familiar at all um so yeah that was the intention and, and i'm glad to hear it was moderately successful yeah i mean it, it definitely landed on me and i think the more um the more you enjoy horror the more you'll get out of it, like the more roots you have there. Not to yeah. say that it won't work for someone who, you know, is new no, to horror. Yeah. Like it'll feel it'll feel right regardless. Because no matter how much horror you've consumed in your life, everybody knows Jason, you know, Freddie, like certain characters and certain ideas and horror archetypes. And, yeah, and we're sure. all familiar with those. I think one of the things again, I want I, I make my stories like it's a horror story, but I, I like the idea that anyone would enjoy it because yeah it's it's like i said it feels like something you've consumed before but like any sort of genre thing i think you're rewarded for how uh how much more you love that thing i had like a few easter eggs in the first one which were kind of throwaway bits for me and a couple of like the the more horror centric places were like oh we love it like we get it it's christine like you were to christine i'm like oh hey that's cool i kind of just threw it in there you know (laughs) not that it was like a deep cut but i was like i kind of threw some of that stuff in there just for like uh, for my own amusement and like, Oh, we get it. We get it. And I'm like, yeah, get it. We love it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think um, both where monsters lie and I hate this place are a lot of fun. Um, I hate this place is a little bit more. Um, it's, it's it's definitely very different from that. I sure. really enjoyed uh, Dante Howitzer. Sure. Um, <laughs> Breakout character 2022 Dante Howitzer unbelievable unbelievable uh i couldn't get enough of that character and i i love the fact that you were able to you know because again i'm i'm new to you so i don't know what to expect but right away you have these dynamic characters that i'm invested in you know and we're only talking about a series that you know up until that point is only you know three or four issues issues deep he shows up he shows up in the third issue right so it's like wow Three issues in, and here's a character that I love, that I'm thinking, and obviously the main characters as well, sure. but just, you know, so was it important for you to to to, to nail it and, and like, um, intrigue us with these really interesting characters right away? Well, so for for everything, for, for that book in particular, my thing in horror, especially for these girls, because these girls are trapped in this place, right. they can't leave this awful place, is that it's very difficult to sort of create that sort of dread and tension in a comic, it's hard to look at these characters and be like, uh, they are mortal, you know what I mean? And like, I'm worried. So my thing is, which is kind of part of the course for all my books is what I want people to want to spend time with these characters. I want them to want to know what's gonna happen to these characters and to worry and to love these characters. So it was very much the intention for Gabby, um, Gabby and Trudy to come across as very likable, as very charming, as someone that that you want to spend time with, but also you don't want anything terrible to happen to. Right. Um, and Dante is the same. I just want, you know, I, if I want to be interested in the character, if I introduce a character, I want to be interested, I want to be interested in them. And Dante is just another Kyle Stark character. I, 
I feel like it's something I do pretty well. Um, because I'm really character driven. I'm very dialogue driven in a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, Dante was was. I don't want to say he was more popular than I expected, but he was kind of more popular because I like him. I think Dante is great. I love him. But it's like, man, he's really popular. He really broke out. I hope nothing bad happens to him. That would be terrible. <laughs> That'd be terrible if anything bad happened to, to break out character in my horror book. Uh, and uh, I, but yeah, no, I'm I'm very I'm very character centric, and and I get asked a lot because like you know even like here's this horror place you can't escape from, which is very interesting to me because I never I never heard of a place that has everything in a horror like it's haunted with monsters and uh, it has everything right. Um, I never heard of that before, so I was very interested in that. But a setting's just a setting, and I, I need to figure out what the story. And the story is even more important than the characters. Like once I get to the story part, I'm like, this is the events that happen. Right. Then the characters only exist to serve those functions, right? Like the characters really only exist to either cause some sort of reaction or to move the story along. And so I get to that point, I'm like, well, now I need to be interested in these characters. And for Gabby and Trudy, you know, one of them's a, one of them's a survivalist, and I thought, how interesting if you spend your whole life preparing to how to handle the worst situations. And then you find yourself on, there's no solution for this. Haunted. There's no resolution. You've never, like you're, she's trying to figure out like civil war or like the water shortage. You know what I mean? Like she's, uh, she's like trying to, she's prepared herself for worst case scenarios. And now she's in a situation where she has no, no system for that. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and Gabby, her wife is, uh, is like a perpetual optimist. And it's the same. If you're a perpetual optimist, you put in a situation that's, there's nothing good coming out of it, right? Um, like, how do you survive that? And those were things that were really interesting to me. And I thought also, like, oh, if they interest me and these characters are not necessarily likable. Likable isn't the right word, though these two characters are specifically very likable. Dante's kind of a dick, right? I mean, but, like, he's still, like, you're still, like, I can't wait to see what this guy does next. But to make them likable in a way that people go, I love these girls. I want, I can't, I, I hope nothing happens to them. I want to see how they get out of this next one. Like, that's the secret for any not any horror, but for a lot is you want to, the more you worry about those characters, the scarier it is. Right. And, and, and I'm glad you said that because that's actually something that I really felt strongly in this book that I don't often feel in horror where it's like, you know, Hey, yeah, I'm here for Jason. You know, I don't yeah. care about the little kids he's killing or whatever. I'm here to see those moments happen, divorced from emotion about, the people that he's killing and for me that actually diminishes my uh my interest in in horror uh mainstream like horror yeah, yeah no i'm with you because it started different right it started with like we're following the victims right and then by like three it's like no the victims aren't selling anything they're dead after every movie anyway people are here for jason with his machete yeah uh, that's that's interesting i didn't really i hadn't really thought of it it's 100 percent true right and i think so that, i mean i think like i think like um what nice nice uh Nice house on the lake. Yeah, is it James? Tenney? I think those characters. I think he does a great job of making you. And there's some of them are assholes, but I think he does a great job in that book, particularly of you going. I got to know more about these characters. Like I got to know more. Right in like a in a very lost way. Yeah, uh, similar yeah, yeah. to you know that show. Um, he was able to do that, and I think that that was super effective. In your story, do you, you have that sense of dread, and you have that they're being chased and, and, you know, the stakes are very high, yeah. but then there's also these, you know, character moments and we care about their survival and we understand who they are pretty early. And I think, yeah. you know, choosing to say, Hey, she's a survivalist, right? This is the kind of character that we don't often see in these kinds of situations. So, wow, this is unique. 
I care so much more. And it fits, you know, it fits that she's a survivalist. Yeah. Um, so I, I've been having a blast and it's it's so much fun. It's fun, I love it but it's also horror. And I yeah. feel like we don't get that so much. Yeah, I love to hear that. I think that's true. I think that's true of all, you know, I've always said that I think comics should be fun and I don't think enough people lean into that. And that's not to say they need to be funny or comedic, but I think it should be and sort of entertaining rap. And I'm not saying all comics should be that way. Sure. But it's like, I want my comics to feel that way. It's like, you're like, that was fun. And and even if it's sad or awful, that I still would be like, well, that was fun though. You know, <laughs> I like, I was a really good use of my time. I enjoyed that experience. And I think in many ways, that's sort of setting a low bar. Mm. But I think also it's like, if I can give people, you know, how long does it take to read a comic? 15 minutes, if that, right? 15 minutes of fun, man. I'm doing it right. It can't be better than that. Yeah, absolutely. So I love that. I love to hear that. That's the word like fun. I want people like those, those comics are fun. And no one's going to go. I don't think anyone, I, I'm really good friends with Matt Kent. Um, and Matt Kent's comics are very cerebral. You know, they're very like, they're these sort of clever considerations and they're doing sort of these artistic. And I'm like, I'm like, man, that's smart. <laughs> that's smart guy stuff right there. Uh, <laughs> I don't want, I, I'm not looking for anyone to be like, wow, that's really smart. But I, I hope that people go, well, it was different and it was fun and I really enjoyed it. And that's like the perfect review. That's the perfect review I could get. It was different and it was fun and I really enjoyed it. Like that's all I'm looking for. Right. And and it and I would I would also go out on a limb and say it's not just that. I would also say that you'll find characters that, you know, will stick with you and, and like I, I, I'm still thinking about, you know, Dante and, and, and I'm like, oh man, I and I can't wait to see what happens next. And I think that, you know, sometimes we can get so bogged down in, you know, the heaviness of storytelling that we can often forget, like, hey, this can also just be a good time. And yeah. and, and and you can have an elevated good time. Like it's not just popcorn. Um, there can be substance there as well. Right, of course. Yeah. I hope so. And I hope so. I think like that my my standard is it was fun. If I can get staggering work of genius, I'll take that too. <laughs> I'll take staggering work of genius along with it. But I have a baseline. And if it's not fun, if it wasn't a good use of someone's $5, hmm. then it's, I failed. I feel like I failed. And I, I don't think I've done that yet. I've been very lucky uh, in such a short time that I don't think I've made anything that's a waste of time yet. So where where are you coming from as far as, you know, your philosophies on comics and what comics ought to be what's your background as a as a fan of comics and a consumer of stories yeah so it's a, I, i've been telling my origin story so much so i i can't remember not reading comics my uncle's name is tony starks um wow. and he's always bought and he's always had a side hustle of selling silver and golden age comics i assume he's why we started reading comics um i suspect more we had a pull list because we were my mom wanted us to read and we were both voracious readers. I think it was just like they like at the point we kept just reading them all the time. She's like, you just keep getting them as a weekly, excuse me, as a weekly pull list. Mm-hmm. And I had the worst ones. I, I was a little, just a little kid, and I had the most like vanilla like that you could have. It was, it was Spider Man, Hulk, Justice League, X Men. And at the time, none of them were good except for X Men. Spider Man was like fighting Fire Lord, like beating Fire Lord in fights, it's like the boring stuff. Sure. And Hulk was in these like the this crossroads where like every story was sort of like a sort of sci-fi thing that wasn't like I was a little kid I just want to see him fight abomination like I didn't know I just want to see him punch <laughs> things but he's in this weird he's in he's hanging out with this like black space with trees Justice League was Justice League Detroit which I'm sure colored me because I just love D level heroes so much and I'm sure it's <laughs> like these were not good to, I should not have survived when I started like what I remember reading early. 
but me and my brother both started working at the shop when we were 14 and the shop sold it sold comics it did uh movie movie rental it bought and sold used books used music um baseball cards pornography it was sort of this like weird jack of all trades but because like i could anytime a book came in if i wanted to read it i could take it if i wanted to watch a movie i could just rent it if we read every comic because there was fewer comics back then every tuesday night we read every comic right and so really through sort of my formative years working at 14 my daughter's 15 she's not working um <laughs> like i i was able to just consume media and i love consuming media and I think just having spent years and years of consuming it and, and being like, oh, I like this. I like this. And I like it because of this, which is how I do everything. That way I can find more of it. Like if you right. if you think about why you like a thing, like I like movies that I like coming of age stories. Like I figured it out. Uh, that's not me. I'm saying, for example, I do like a coming of age story. But so it's like find more coming of age stories. Like you'll be happier if you're so that was really my my thing is like I was consuming all this stuff. And um, and that when I was 18 is the nineties and comics were all very grim, dark and not much fun. And I kind of got out and went to, I went to school to be a fine artist, which I wisely pivoted out of because there's no money in that. Um, and went to graphic design and I never even did that. I did what they call pre-press, which is like you, you get people's graphic design ready for the press. Um, but yeah, so I got out of comics for a long time. And then when we started having kids, I started making more comics and I made a book called Ricky Thunder. And then I made Sex Castle and, Sex Castle got me Rick and Morty in many, many, many ways. And now here I am today, you know, doing Peacemaker for DC and, you know, having best selling. It's crazy. It's, it never would have, I never would have thought like just my fun little hobby would have got me here. But that's like a lot of it. It's just, I, I've always, I don't want to say I was critical, but I think probably I was when I was 18, 22, 24. I think I probably was very critical because I was kind of pretentious about it. But it really is like, it's, it's like me thinking a lot of like, how characters act in a way that makes you feel a certain way now is like my how I can see now I was always thinking that way I like it when these series of events happens I like it when I'm surprised but I also like when you get you know when the character is exactly what you wanted to do so uh I just that's how I got here man just years and years and years of 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 consuming things and thinking about them and then when the time came like I tried to make each book be what I would like to exist in the world right with the story I wish I could read uh, and I'd be stoked to read. And again, so far, it's so good. I, I I don't think I have any dogs yet, but who knows? Who knows what's going to happen in the next three <laughs> years, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and everybody's sort of um, comics origin story is different. And it's always interesting to me to hear how a writer or an artist, but I think more of a writer because it's like an artist is just, Hey, I'm really good. Take a look, you know? For and, sure. and, and and that's that, Um, you know, writers, there's a lot more to prove and it's more For difficult sure. to show your work. And, and when I started, like I'm a car, I'm technically, I'm a cartoonist. Like I drew all of my early works. I'm, I'm just good enough of an artist that I can, I can passively draw a story. And most people don't get that. Most writers, if you just want to write, and that's whenever, frankly, whenever someone comes up and they're like, oh man, I just, I, like, I'm a writer and I just want to write comics. I'm always like, why? Like, why, why do you want to write comics? Like you could write anything. You know what I mean? Like you'd be writing screenplays. You could be writing. And it's like, comics are tough. There's not a lot of money in it. And like, you have to love it. And if you love it, then it's going it'll all be fine. But as just a writer, you have to, it's always the impetus is on a writer for unpublished. I'm saying for when you're breaking in for just a writer, the writer has to pay the artist, right? Like there's, there's this impetus. And it's sort of a skewed system that's so difficult for a writer, but also like in that same regards is that a writer can't just go, look, look how good I am. Whereas if you're an artist, you can, you can go, look, look how good I am or look how promising I am. 
And I think for a writer, certainly when you see the product, you can go, oh, this person's, you know, this person's good and they're going to be good. They're going to only be better. Um, but it's hard, man. Like, that's the thing with comics. It's like, man, you got to love them. And yeah, no one's got the same. No one's, I, uh, I did, um, Jason Latour uh, was doing these sort of like uh, comedians and cars and coffee things with comics for a while. And uh, I remember he's like, oh, would you, would you do this interview? He's like, yeah. And he's like, when did you know you wanted to get into comics? And I was like, when I was like 40, like when I was 40 years old. And, uh, and I tripped, I fell into it. Like it was never, there was no, uh, this is it's not entirely true, but there's really no point where I was like, this is my future. I always thought, what a great hobby I have. This hobby pays me if I play my cards right. And Jason was like, he's like, when I was 13, I knew what I was, was like, I'm going to be in comics. And his whole thing was like, and I, I got the impression probably for a lot of people he talked to who were big names, bigger than me, right? Um, that they all were, was like, this is sort of like, this is the goal. Like we have a goal. And it's like, man, I literally tripped and fell into it and got lucky and i'm lucky i get to keep doing it um that job i had this job working at a factory in town that had been here 140 years it was the best place to work in town and uh, that was my job as a union job i had great insurance you know what i mean i had a 401k uh, i was having my second kid we had two kids and they one day they got bought by a head company and they just closed like they just closed and my wife was like and i'm like i was like i've done pre-press which is why i've done it every place in town we'd have to we'll have to move and she was like, well, do you think, do you think you could pull off comics? And I was like, I bet I could do it for you. I bet I could do three Kickstarters in a year, which is crazy. And now I think wow. about it, I'm like, man, I could have then. Now it's like, that's too much work, man. Right. Um, I was like, I bet I could do three Kickstarters and like, maybe, maybe I can finally get a gig. Like who knows? And she wouldn't clean bathrooms at a hospital, which is the worst job. Like there's no worse job. Uh, you're cleaning the worst bathrooms you know what I mean yeah and uh she did that for two years and it worked out because I got Rick and Morty like everything sort of fell into place but man there's luck involved like I mean if you make it like I said it goes back to way at the beginning make something great it'll never stop talking about it you'll probably be okay but it's tough man I there's for sure a lot of luck there's a lot of luck involved and I've been very very lucky for sure over and over and I know like I'm 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 pretty good at this I'm fairly good at this um, but man, there's a lot of luck. There's for sure a lot of luck. So yeah, it's, yeah. I don't, whenever I hear people get to, I'm like comics, huh? And I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm doing it with comics, huh? That's interesting. Well, it's, it's, it's also, um, interesting because now we do have Kickstarter, which is yeah. something that's completely different. It, just the internet. I, Cause I think all the time if, so I, I went pro six years ago. Right. But if it was 30 years ago, I could never, I'd have to be in New York. There's no way. It's no conceivable way I could have done it. Right. Internet. It just it, just to be able to to in a heartbeat show someone a picture or to show someone a page or it, yeah, just that makes it changes everything. It's just a completely different world. And thank God for Kickstarter because there's dudes who only do that and they're doing great. They're making a living doing that. Yes. Um, and there's a lot of that. Like even you know people at the con circuit who are hustling real hard. And, you know, there's there's ways to do it now that you could not have. I don't think even 15 years ago. Maybe yeah. 20 years ago. I don't know. I'm bad at history. Who knows? <laughs> well, it's it's been remarkable to see the industry change and how that has allowed for different voices. I mean, think about how much less dominated um, the industry is by the big two in the sense that, yeah. like, there's more than just that, right? Like we've got, yeah, for sure. You know, Image is doing phenomenal stuff, and they've been doing phenomenal stuff for a while. Yeah, but now you have Vault, and you have Boom, and you have, exactly. you know, uh, Mad Cave, and a whole, like, there's all these little guys that yep. are to me legitimate like they're legitimate yeah they're putting out good work um and it's just like we were talking about earlier you know it's so crazy that horror 
because in my entire life, I'm exaggerating because there's periods like, oh, this is there's eight years of autobiography comics. You know what I mean? Like, I <laughs> yeah, love, yeah, yeah. But it's like it's always it's always been in the direct market. It's always been superhero comics or what I call thrillers, which is like espionage or like vaguely crime related. It's only ever been those two things. Anything else that made it, it's like it's such a miracle. Like it's like, wow, I can't believe you pulled that off. It's such a miracle. And now here's horror, which is a legitimate third genre that's doing great. And like, that's so thrilling to me because it, it means, well, maybe in another five years, there'll be a fourth genre. Like maybe there'll be romance comics or maybe there'll be uh, all mystery. Like mystery comics will be the whole, the rage, you know what I mean? And and people who, who can tell stories that don't necessarily befit superheroes. And I, I mean, I'm doing superhero stuff now. Yeah. I don't know if my voice necessarily is like, I'm, I can, I'm very character driven and it's not an industry that's necessarily character driven. Like I'm interested to see, I'm excited about, I'm excited about the opportunities that are coming my way and, and seeing how much I can keep my voice, but also still be true to what people want uh, from superhero comics. But to see this, like, man, it's so great. Cause I think horror is, I think it's legitimately nestling in. Um, Cause there's a lot of people making great horror comics. Yes. So, but you think like those people who are making great horror comics probably wouldn't have made a great spy book you know like not, i'm i'm exaggerating because usually people can write well write well anyway so yeah it's crazy like the whole industry is changing and you know i hope it keeps changing I, I i hope i hope digital really gets a foothold because i think there's really a place where that i think i think digital speaks to an entire audience who never wants to go to a comic book shop yeah. and you can't blame people for not going to not wanting to go to a comic book shop for most comic book shops um so I think there's like, I wanted to keep growing and, you know, webtoons, you think about like Laura Olympus has like millions and millions of viewers. And I'm like, I think, oh man, Where Monsters Lie did really well. You sold 14,000 copies. I'm like, listen, you know what I want to sell? More than 14,000 copies. <laughs> like, and, and that's, that's 14,005. Like I want to sell, it's like, man, I want, I'm not making stories. And I, I speak for everyone in comics. We're not making stories for the void, you know, like we want our, right. we want our stuff to be consumed. So keep growing. Like if if horror is what gets people in the comics, like hopefully they check out one. If you pick, if, if right now people are like, oh man, I really love these two Kyle Sparks books, these two horror books. Like man, check out Six Side Kicks of Trigger Keaton. It's not horror, but if you like my other books, I think you'll like it. Um, it's it's a weird ass mystery, is what it is. Um, and that's the hope. Like we can sort of keep sort of transitioning out of these little tributaries, right? These little tributaries of the whatever comic river. But yeah, I mean, comic industry is crazy. Right? I when I when I worked in that shop, there was. There was Marvel, DC, and if you got anything that wasn't, I just I had to go through. I just did this thing today. I, I told you I can talk at least. At least. <laughs> I told you I could. The uh, Skybound's doing this thing where they're like, oh, we want you to do like your five favorite novel or your, you know books, uh, literature, your five favorite comics. And I was going through all my stuff, which I haven't gone through forever because I'm not a collector, but I have stuff from when I was younger. And I'm going through this box to try to find like I'm trying to find one thing, and it's like, man, I have I have like um, first print run Bone comics, right? Wow. And like that was like, like we were crazy about Bone because there was not like it was so unique in this even like the indie stuff was still like kind of like dark and um and my friends are like man like there's a place for all this stuff and I, the closer that I think America direct market because the manga people I think get it like stories can be anything and if they're great they're great and it can be anything it doesn't matter like um I think the manga the manga readers really get that and they're not gatekeepy at all you know what I mean like like I think direct market people can be um the comics we're, we're gonna keep going man but I, i'm optimistic for i'm optimistic for it's just keep changing more and growing because i think growing is what's going to be the most important most necessary part of the industry yeah 100 percent, and that's something that we talk about a lot on the show um the main show 
um, as it relates to the fact that, you know, the industry does, um, it has a certain audience mm-hmm. that seems to kind of want what it wants. And that essentially has been, you know, big two superhero stories. Yeah. Um, and it's like, hey, if you found Scott Snyder from Batman, right? His biggest hope in life is that when he starts going back and doing heavy creator own stuff again, like he's doing now, all the people who found him from Batman will follow him. And clearly that, that has worked. I, mean, I think about a bunch of, but that's uh, uh, going again to Matt, my friend, Matt. And then this is, this is it, 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 like, again, like I'm right now at this point where we're like, Hey, he's doing peacemaker. Like that's huge. Like, I mean, frankly, yeah. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be huge. I don't know. I can't say that in my head. It feels like it's going to be huge. But the way the direct market works, which is not to say people who read comics, but the people who love superhero comics, when I say direct market, I say big two. I just want to be nice about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I'm being nice about it, but I'm saying the big two is those people, If you, that's the bulk of American readers. Like that's, Batman sells 100,000 copies and nothing else does, right? And for whatever reason, if you can spend a couple of years of one good run, two good runs, then people will follow you because you've been validated. My, Matt did, you know, Pistol Whip. Um, he did all these great indie sort of like weird spy stories. But then he did a year at DC. He did two years at DC. He did a year at Valiant. And now he's he's Matt Kent, you know? Yeah. He's, yeah. he's writing Berserker with Keanu Reeves. He's always been good. But like no one, no one invested in him or that direct market readership didn't invest until him until he spent time in the direct market. And for whatever reason, that's how this industry is, is that, if you want those direct market numbers, that's not right. But if you want to get a piece of that group, you have to spend time in their group. Like sure. you have to earn. And so, you know, I've always said that. It's like people are like, you know, how do you want it? And like, it's a growth. I don't love, I, I look around to make sure Marvel. I, <laughs> I don't, when I was, when I was 17, I loved, I loved Marvel. I loved all of it. I was, I just, I, my daughters, like I was telling them, like, I was like, man, when I was in middle school, I just wanted to talk about Nightcrawler and Wolverine. Like, that's all I wanted to talk about. And then when I when I was 18 and I went to college, I was like, I was done. Like, I just didn't care. Like, they put me in a place where I didn't really care. But I don't love those characters. Like, I don't obsess over those characters. I don't fix it because I get to make my own characters. I get to make sure. Dante Howitzer and I get to make, um, you know, Professor Puzzleman. And, and I get to make my own characters and my own worlds. And I love them more. Um. So it's hard because now it's like, well, you you need to play with these characters. And, you know, there are guys like Johnny Cates and Matt Rosenberg. They love superheroes. So, like, they were just waiting, not just waiting, but, I mean, when they were granted the opportunity, they were like, I know what to do because I've been thinking about it. And I have not, which makes it a little bit tough. But I'm ready to do, I'm ready to do my time, and I'm going to do the best I can to make sure that those, as we said, are fun, enjoyable, and a good use of your money. But they're still me. Like, they right. still um, – Peacemaker – so Peacemaker is a great example. It's like, what do I love? I love big, dumb guys. I love big, dumb action, but I like subtext. I like humanity. I like character moments. I like I like for someone to grow. I, like All that undertone stuff is what's really interesting to me. And when I watch that TV show, I'm like, this is my stuff, Like, sure. James, which is James Gunn. It's always this. It feels like it's big, dumb action, but there's a lot more going on. Rick and Morty is very much the same. It seems like it's this big you know, whatever thing, but really it's about family. Like more than anything else, it's about this undertone. And those are the things that interest me is things that are big and dumb, but feel like they're more. So Peacemaker for me, it's like, just like Rick and Morty, which I did for five years. I did it longer than anyone else. 
um, even the Rick and Morty creators at one point in time, uh, it's because like it, it's right in my wheelhouse. So for them to ask me for something I also that I liked, uh, I was like, I'm going to nail this because I understand why people like it because I like it for the same reason. And I can do it because it's what I've been doing. And I just got to tweak it a little bit to be a little bit more James Gunny, um, a little <laughs> bit more close to that show. So I'm hoping like whatever the next thing is, which I, I know what it is, I, but whatever the next thing is, I hope it feels the same way where you go, well, that's something. I'm going to check it out because I like that other thing. You'd be like, it's good. It's different than everything else, but it's still really good. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's what we're hoping for. That's a lot of talking about talking trash about. I like them superheroes, but you know, <laughs> nothing bad's ever going to happen to them, and that's no fun for me. Sure, sure. Um, well, l- well, let's talk about Peacemaker because uh, it is coming out on May second, um, and you're going to be working with Steve Pugh and Jordi Belair on that, which is that's Crazy. so cool. Yeah, um, insane. And 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 it's a nice bump for you, um, getting to work on a character that I feel like you know DC is positioning to try to do a little bit more with. So you getting the opportunity on this character, I think is, is, is phenomenal for you. Um, what can we expect from this? I think, I mean, it's going to be a big dumb adventure of a big dumb guy who's going to go through some shit. I, it, so there's a lot of early discussions of like, well, what is, what kind of peacemaker is it? And I've argued and fought from the beginning I didn't have to fight that hard, but I was like, it needs to be as close to the show as legally allowed because the show isn't owned by DC Comics, right? It's owned right. by Warner Brothers. So that character is James Gunn in many ways. It's complicated. And so I really push. It's like, just, what, what do I want to give people? I want to give people more of that thing. I want them to feel like it's uh, not season two, but it's it's that same flavor. It's that same, um, he's juvenile, he's dumb, but he's also sort of sensitive and... Um, I, I don't want to give too much away because it really is, I think, a fun six books. But he goes on a great, fun adventure. It's nonsensical. Not nonsensical, <laughs> but it's it's a little bit silly, but also, like, it's kind of dead serious because he really is dealing with some stuff. Um, I get to play with, like, my... The, if I, You never know if it's going to be your only book. So when I was like, oh, here's the villains. It's my two favorite villains. I can't say who they are. They show up on the last page. But it's like... I, I it, So you like know, two great villains, more great villains, um, I think it's going to be really fun. And again, that's what I endeavor to do. I think if you like that Peacemaker show or if you like James Gunn's Suicide Squad movie, you're going to like it. Um, and a lot of people like those. So a lot of people are going to like this comic. Fingers crossed. And, and that's... <laughs> I'm right there with you. Yeah. And, and and I think that's the cool thing is that DC is essentially saying, hey, here's a character that we think can be something. And here's a character that people really like outside of the comics bubble. And they're giving you, Kyle Starks, a, a again, an up-and-coming writer, the the ball with this character that they clearly want to be something. So they're they're investing in you, and, and there's some level of faith there that they clearly have in you to tell a good story with this character. Uh, is there any amount of pressure that you feel knowing that to be the case? No. <laughs> no. I mean, that might be dumb on my part. Maybe now I feel like there should have... I mean, I feel like... I I feel like I feel like being like, hey, we want to make we want to make more of that, but we can't technically make that. And right. I do a great opening page bit where I kind of set people up like um, it's not quite the same. Like it can't be legally. I do like a fun little bit because I want people because I want when people who love Peacemaker pick that comic and open that first page, they're like, oh, it's going to be slightly different. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Um, because it has to, legally, I don't have control. Like I wanted to use certain characters and like, you can't use those characters. Those are James Gunn's characters. Um, but it's like, it's very much the same tone. It's very much the same character. Um, it's just, it's the DC Comics Black Label version. I didn't, my only pressure, I didn't know, I didn't have any pressure from them. But my pressure was, I want to make something good enough for the people who like that show. I want it to be, I want them to get that same feel. I want them to get more of that because that's what I want. Like I said, man, I'm trying to make stuff that I want too. Sure. Um, and Rick and Morty was the same. Like I wish, I wanted to give people more episodes of the show. And for this, it's like, I think it's, it's that Peacemaker in comic form which is really what I endeavored to do. And if I felt any pressure, it's whether or not I was completely 100% accurate in that portrayal or recreation. Portrayal is not right. Um, in the sort of recreation of the tone. And I think I did. I think it's a really fun book. Um, I, we're getting colors on issue one because obviously it's going to print like immediately. Jordy is unbelievable. CPU is unbelievable. Um, yeah. All these books we talk about, Argum Topolin on, on Where Monsters Lie with Lee Lawford, who's colored deadly. Those guys are great together. Piotr um, on Where Monsters Lie was perfect for that book i've been really lucky to get great artists the cpu like who knew who knew like you know whomever any i can just whomever cpu that's cool um and some crazy variants there's always it's people are like who do you want to do for the variant and i'm like oh i guess like my friend chris schweitzer who drew six sidekicks i can probably get him like i get erica henderson because we did a book together nice. and they're like oh we're gonna have like dan hip and like i'm like what are you talking oh, about like wow. um and like even with that thanos book they're like who do you is there an artist and i'm like oh i don't know anyone and like oh well ron limb says he'll draw your thanos story and i'm like what are you talking about <laughs> nice that was that's not an option for me like that's a, <laughs> who else is on this book someone good gets ron limb like i don't get that so it's a crazy and that's also like crazy is like that stuff is like i don't i can't participate i'm like i didn't know get james stoko and fabio moon and tyler crook did covers for where monsters lie and i'm like i didn't know i could say any name like i didn't know i thought you would know who i knew i could sucker into doing <laughs> it. i didn't know i could just name artists um all that peacemaker has like a hundred and they're all by someone crazy good um chris anka is doing like all the main covers and they're doing two versions of those covers wow. one's like a movie treatment cover and they look so dope like they're so cool looking and i'm like what is that like usually like it's a fight it's a fight on these covers because it's like the good interior artists and covers Artyom's great Piotr's great um I, I've been really lucky lately that it's not like a fight to try to get a good cover um but yeah I mean it's crazy it's all crazy but I didn't feel any pressure my only pressure is to the readers um they they knew they know who I was prior like they uh Chris Conroy um was like he knew Sex Castle and he knew Rock Indy Mountain um so he knew and he'd said like there's he was he was going to reach out to me before but he's like not quite the right time or not. And he was right. I mean, I'm like, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would have done a good job on the thing that he said, but this one, you know, I think enough people were, so even my editor at Skybound, I think was involved because he used to be a DC is like, you know, this is the guy you want to do this. And it's true. So, I mean, that's me being objective. Like, I don't know who, I just feel like this is the book for me. Um, and I can't fail on this book. Now, what's the next thing? Like the next thing might not be like right in my wheelhouse. And I, I could feel pressure, but I, I feel like I have a very distinct voice for better or for worse. I say, I, I know I have a distinct voice, but whether or not that has like quantifiable like value to it um, in terms of like, it's a really great voice. Everyone wants to participate with um, like only I can do that. So like kind of the only pressure is, is to the reader and to me is that I want to make sure it always feels like that's my story. Even if, even if it's not, even if I'm like, if I do a can't imagine. I don't know what my Superman story would be. They're like, oh, he's doing <laughs> Superman. I, it's not going to feel like all the other Superman because it can't because like that's not me. And even if it's just there's two characters that have never been in Superman and they're dumb, dumb idiots 
and that's my like thing. Like, if that gets me through it, then it'll get me through it. Sure. Um, so yeah, no real pressure. Uh, going forward, we'll see. I, it is very intimidating because it's a different audience. And I'm, like I said, I'm very character driven. I'm very character driven. And in historically in those books, that's not, that's not how they work. Hawkeye, Vision. I mean, you can count the books that are just a hundred percent character driven right. um, over everything else. And it's those books, by the way, usually when they do do character driven stuff is great. So I don't know why they don't do more of it, but I think it's because the readers don't necessarily want that. They want the world ending and, you know, some sort of magic monocle or something. I don't know. No one take magical monocle from me. All right. <laughs> Peacemaker series volume two, magical monocle. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I think I think you're making a really good point in that, you know, like Tom King's uh Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, for oh. example, was this tremendous story that, you know, barely anybody bought. Like they bought it enough to get it where it needed to go. And then now it's completely sold out and they actually yeah, just James <laughs> right. Cause cause, cause, because of James Gunn, but I think if the story wasn't strong, word of mouth would oh, have yeah. gotten around. Whereas I, it's the exact opposite. Yeah, I, I I had not heard that that book hadn't sold well because I, I think that's probably the best book of last year. And I'll tell you, Tom King does right now. He's like kind of only. I'm not reading if, if he's doing Batman. I've never read it, but I read all of his other stuff. And his stuff right now, Mister um, Miracle, the Strange Adventures. Is that uh, the one? Yeah. What's the one he's doing with uh, the great artist right now? <laughs> Every single one of them. Oh, Human Target? A human Target. With human Greg Target. Smallwood. Those, yeah, yeah. Greg Smallwood's unbelievable. Yes, yes. Um, they're all, those books, like those black can, black label books, basically, are all 100% character-driven. I think people really engage with them. That Supergirl, I think it's the best book of whatever year it was, 21 or 22. 22. And um, I can't believe it didn't sell well because it's so good and it's Tom King. And I'll tell you, I... I'm I kind of hate reading that book at first because when you start reading it that book is true grit it is only true grit that is true grit it's not that is a pre that would be like me doing like um catcher in the rye but with spider-man it's true <laughs> grit and I'm like I'm like I can't believe this is happening like I can't believe he's getting away with this I can't believe people aren't just like tearing him apart mm-hmm. but by that second issue and it's still true grit it's not quite true grit right and he it's like he used that idea of like sci-fi true grit it's true grit and like made it into this other thing this other beautiful thing um that book's unbelievable and like it just shows you like james gunn is so smart like he's it's a smart enough one to be like why don't we use the stories that already exist because they're good um but i'm gonna tell you if they make that movie the bit where the horse comes around is gonna be very confusing to everybody (laughs) it's gonna be very confusing um but i that's a man that's one of the best books i've read and in quite some time and i was mad i hate that it's true grit i hate it but also like by the end i'm like i love it it's not true grit anymore by the end kind of uh so just like he you know he was like i wonder what the i wonder what the superhero version of true grit is and then he made a beautiful unique baby anyway and 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 it's it's it is kind of sad though because like when i spoke to tom you know I, i i brought up human target and how tremendous and how much we love it and everything like that and he's like well that's great and i'm glad you brought that up because everybody only wants to talk about batman and no one's buying human target really yeah and it's like well then what is it that people like in comics if human target is not worth their dollar you know what i'm saying you know i will say and i can't speak for mr king because he's in a different sphere than i am if you write on batman batman's the number one selling book every time it comes out and it's not close 
it's literally twice as much as the next issue, right? So I wonder if that doesn't implant an idea in your head of what sales should be. <laughs> I I bet you human target selling 30,000 copies. Mm. And that's unbelievable for direct. That's an unbelievable number. I think Rick and Morty sold 15,000, which is, if you think about it, it's such a small number. And it was called a sales beast. Sales beast Rick and Morty with its monthly 15,000. Just doesn't seem like very many, you know? Yeah, and those are the those are the the realities of the numbers in comics, and you know it sounds so small, but like that's the business, you know. That's I know it's unbelievable. It should be bigger. Should be bigger. It it really should. So I wonder, I wonder if you're Tom King and you're like, man, I'm not getting the royalties on Human Target. I'm getting on Batman, you know, because it's selling so much better. I don't know that for sure, but I I know Tom King's selling twice as well as I am for sure. No matter what he does, I guarantee you, no matter what he does, it sells twice as well. And but the but the the unbelievable thing is that you know Rick and Morty is a a and a brand and a and a, and a show that so many all around the world love and yeah. know, and then all of that love translates into fifteen k sales, and yeah. then you have a character like Human Target that nobody knows, you know, like <laughs> like perhaps for, for well, a character who's had a two cut. shows, yeah. for a yeah. character who's had two television shows, right. like <laughs> so unbelievably unknown. I forgot it had a TV show, what, like five years ago? Like not even too long ago. Not hilarious. right. Like not yeah. that long ago. I remember yeah. I remember one from like the mid two thousands that uh was on Fox, I think, but but like yeah. pretty That's low so I forgot all about that show. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder I wonder what Tom King I mean no, no again, I think I think he's he's one of the best three writers in the business probably. Like I, I bet his idea of what's not selling is not the same as actually not selling <laughs> because he, he gets royalties and it's different. Like, man, if you're on my tier, like we're page rate warriors, you know, like I'm just looking to get page rates. Cause I'm not, my stuff's not selling enough to get royalties, like knock on wood. You know what I mean? Sure. But like, he's living in a different, he's there. Those guys, the guys above me, uh, they're doing all right. They have different, they have different perspectives of the industry than I do. Uh, as just a mid tier sort of hustle boy. Well, you're you're finding your way in now through peacemaker through things like peacemaker, things like Thanos. But you also expressed that like doing big two books is not necessarily your biggest goal in life. It's not my it's not my end goal. It's not my end goal at all. Right. Yeah. And so, and I think that there's a lot of different reasons for that. But yeah, it's not my. But I wanted I I want to do it. I want the challenge of it because I love comics. And when I was a kid, like I said, I love. I didn't mean to interrupt you, by the way. That's okay. I love comics. And what are comics in America? It's these characters. But it, at this point, it's like, do I'm going to, I'm so lucky I, because I get to do what I want to do. Will, it, will that be the case? If I, it's been that way six years. And before then, when I was just dancing in the dark. And at the point where those sort of start to fight each other, and then I don't want to do it because I'm right. so lucky. Like, I don't have to do it right now. And I think like, I've not had to do it. I've not had to do it. But I want to. I want the challenge. Like I, I started doing, for all intents and purposes, action comedy, and then I did action comedy mysteries, and now I'm sort of doing horror and maybe more horror comic. But I want to do everything. I want to do everything. Um, I want to do a serious book. I thought I thought I hate this place was my serious book, but it's not. <laughs> I just can't. I just can't help. I just can't help myself because I like charming people and I like I like quirky people. Um, and those are the characters that I want to spend time with, but I want to do everything and I want to do Marvel, but it's like, I could never do, I say I could never, there's a part of me that goes, but what would it be like? I can't do a space opera. Like, that's just not the the way I write. And I don't want to try to shoehorn myself into that. I don't try to self to, to figure out like, 
you know, what my Green Lantern story is. I have no idea. But it's like, what, they're all stories are universal too. Like you can make everything, you know, he had a dog that died. Like Green Lantern had a dog that died at some point, probably. Like that's something he has in common with, you know, Superman had a dog that died. Not not crypto, of course, he's immortal, I think, but probably just some farm dog that was there to keep the chickens in line. Sure, yeah. And so it's like, all these things are universal. And it's like, that's the thing that they know I want the challenge. But yeah, my end goal is not, and then he worked at Marvel for 20 years. That's not my end goal. My end goal is, my, and that, I want to make like, I want to do three years. Eh, I don't know, who knows? I don't put a year on. I want to do bangers. I want to do things that are not like anything else, but are still fun. And I think that's going to be a thing I have to figure out in terms of, that's the, that's the new thing I have to learn. The next thing, you know, you're always growing creatively or you're not moving. So yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I don't remember what you were saying. That, that's, that's totally okay. <laughs> I, I, I think, uh, I think the, the, the biggest thing that the big two are always hunting for, at least from what I can tell on my side of things is writers that have unique voices, right? Like you look at so many of the writers who have exploded over the last 10 years, or even the last five years, look at someone like Rom V very distinct voice. Oh yeah. Not the kind of person that you go, wow. Yeah. Rom V super intellectual, deep thinker, put him on Batman, right? Not immediately yeah. where your mind goes, but we see what he's doing with detective comics and it's all working. And I think the reason why it's working is because it is Rom V. And we're getting the unique yes. flavor that only he can bring. Yeah. Around V is a good example of a writer who, you know, it was basically either, you know, the big two is like you get validated by the readers, right? They're like, he's good. And that's how all creative things are. Like, there's two ways to make it creatively. And I say this because you brought up Ron V. And I'm like, look, there's two ways to do it. Either people continue to validate you. Like this conversation, you've been very generous. Is that you, you go, this is, these are good. This guy's good. Right. And so maybe 10 of your readers go buy a comic and they're like, oh, he's right. He is good. And then the next time you say so-and-so is good, they're going to be like, yeah. Or who you said in the past that they know is good, right? It's validation. It's this circle of validation. Sure. And you kind of have to keep getting all that validation and you make your way up and eventually everyone goes, oh, no, he's good. We're just going to buy what he does. You're Matt Kent. You're Tom King, right? The other way to do it, which is impossible, is you come out with a, a, a work of staggering genius, unquestionable genius. And that's Ron B. His first <laughs> book was amazing. His second book was better. His third book was even better. They put him on Batman. He can do, he's going to be great. Uh, he, like, that's a guy, like, those first two books, there was no question. Like, this guy is, this guy is on a different level than the rest of us. Um, and I'm not, we're out here just like, I'm doing like, you know, dick jokes with fucking Michael Myers. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm just trying to put smiles on faces. That guy is like doing, he's doing the work. He's doing uh, the real work but yeah it's hard like, he's a great example because i was trying to i was trying to say I was like there's no one who's done that there's no one who just shows up and you go oh they're unbelievably good. for artists it's easier because it's right it's a visual thing you can see um but even then i've seen a lot of like unbelievable draftsmen who are terrible storytellers comics are different like illustrations not comics and illustrations not animation so on and so forth the rom b is a good example of someone who's just unquestionably good like there's no question how good he is um, and and I and I only yeah put him on Batman. <laughs> I mean, put him it's on working, anything. Right? It'd be yeah. great. Exactly. Yeah. Like, please, I, I have a long. I love I that a... someone wasn't like, well, let's put him on. Let's put him on Constantine first for like five years. No, they're like, put him on Batman. Like, right. don't even screw around with it. Just put him on Batman. It'll be great. Sure, and and obviously, Swamp Thing is is a tremendous book as well. Um, so oh yeah, like, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. But I brought up Rom to say, like, you know. Yeah, you're not, you know, 
you're you're not necessarily the writer who's going to do what Rom V wants to do, but you're the writer who's going to do with Ky- what Kyle Starks wants to do. And yeah. there's an audience that wants to see that. And I think that translates. I think that you can do the story about, you know, a really f- dog. Yeah. You know, you can do that. You can do the Batman story where it's like, yeah, okay, it's not the the most serious. It's not, you know, it's not the death of 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 Batman. It's not Morrison. It's not what Morrison was trying to do, but it is a very fun Bat family story, for example. Yeah, you for know, sure. like, I, and you know what? I hope that's true. I really hope that's true because that's what's going to happen. <laughs> hey, and sales, sales will decide if that is true and if I get to keep doing it. Yes, and that that's a hundred k sales guaranteed, oh. right? So straight to the bank. Holy smokes! A royalty check. <laughs> Who, who even knew? I'm gonna tell the girls. Girls, Batman bought us all new shoes this year. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Mr. Batman. I hope, I hope that Batman's bringing more than that for the people that oh, are riding Batman. They're nice shoes. They're really nice shoes. Okay, they're okay. great shoes. <laughs> so, I guess, I guess you know, you've talked about how you're not that compelled by like marvel but you also mentioned you grew up on nightcrawler so you might not have your big superman story but do you have your like do you have those kinds of things in your mind at all i i it's so here's the thing i don't that was my favorite character when i was 17 that might not even be true because i like there's a lot of characters i like but let's say nightcrawler was my favorite childhood character i have no idea what's going on with him now back then he was just like the sort of happy-go-lucky guy who was kind of embarrassed about his looks, you know what I mean? And I think as a teenager, like, isn't that something that's so relatable, sure. right? You Is his power, it's it's weirder than everyone, like, no one else, has, it, it doesn't seem like it has, like, a use in combat like everyone else's does. Um, and that's, like, that's what I've always been drawn to is those types of characters. Um, my brother loved Wolverine, and that was before the breakout. I remember it was like, everyone loves Wolverine. It's like, well, he is great. But yeah. that weird, like, the growth that he had, we we're like, everyone loves Wolverine. It's like, yeah, dude, you pick the you pick the one that everybody likes. <laughs> I'm hip. I'm hip, man. I picked the hip character, the obscure character. I, so the thing, I don't know where anyone is anymore. And I'm reading, I'm reading more now. And generally, if there was like a big event or if there was like a Supergirl is a perfect example. If something was like this is great and notable, I checked it out because if something someone says it's good, I always look it out. But like. A lot of like I I like the Hickman Avengers run. Like I read it, and it's like it's not that's not for me. Mm. It's just a hundred percent not for me, right? Um, I don't know where those characters are. So I'm again, I look forward to the challenge. I I went for the next thing. Um, I'm writing something with Marvel now, which I don't know why they asked me to do it. I think it's good. Oh. I think it's like it's way better than it should be, but I don't know why they asked me. It doesn't line up with what I would say my sensibilities are, but it's like if. Or I, I want to, if, if DC is like, hey, we want to give you Lobo or whatever. Lobo is different. I know a little bit about Lobo. But it's like, I would like to be, okay, well, let me figure it out. Like, that's what I want. I want the challenge of that so badly. And sure. I don't think, you know, I, there's, it's since I started doing Peacemaker, I get asked a lot more like, oh, if you could do any big two property, what would it be? And if you would have asked me a year ago, I'd been like, oh, it's the Great Lakes Avengers because of this. John Byrne introduced the Great Lakes Avengers and West Coast Avengers. It's two issues of just these weird, sort of weird-powered guys who are trying to be heroes in Detroit. And they're not ashamed. They're not going to, they, they don't feel less than. They're just superheroes. They're just superheroes. And it's this masterclass of introducing these sort of D-level characters that aren't D-level. Like, 
only the reader goes, oh, that, like she's a fat right. lady. Um, like, yeah, she's super strong though. And she's invulnerable. Like, is that what we like? She just looks different. Like, what are you doing? And John Byrne had a knack for that alpha flight, like just next men. Like he had a knack for creating, but those two issues were great. And they kind of showed up every now and then for a few years. They'd show up in Avengers every now and then. They disappeared. And I love this, like, I'm from the Midwest and I'm sure like the fact that it wasn't LA or New York for once in a comic. Um, <laughs> but I was like, I love the idea because I, it's like, what's really like, that's so much more human to me is that it's like these guys who are just, they just, they're not, they don't have Iron Man or Thor's powers. But it's like, they still want to be heroes and they still can be heroes. There's nothing stopping them and they're doing it. They're, they're doing it. And then they turn because the, because the big two has such a, they have no sense of comedy. They have no understanding of nuance. Like they become these sort of, low-hanging fruit gag things mm. and they to me like they it d-man's another great example i love d-man, D-Man i love yeah. i love mark grunewald and the grunewald run had so much d-man and d-man's just like this sweet guy who's trying the best he can and then what they turn him into like some weird homeless joke and it's like guys like there's nuance I, and i i like that i love that so i got to do great lakes avengers i got to do a, a great lakes avengers strip for marvel unlimited and i basically rolled back all the things i hate that have been done the great lakes avengers so that would be my answer but i kind of got to do it um but i love all, i love those are the characters i love nomad but the nomad that had a baby and a shotgun like those <laughs> are the characters that i'm like these interest me and for sure just like james gunn james gunn's going to be a pervading just like james gunn can be the uh subtitle to this interview james gunn <laughs> with, with guardians of the galaxy and james gunn with suicide squad the movie was like look these are all characters that no one gives a shit about i can do whatever i want and there is an element of that, of that they haven't been defined. So if I wanted to give D-Man a, a cat, you know what I mean? I right. could give him a cat. It doesn't matter. And like the cat's going to be part of the story, right? Like the cat's important. Or maybe D-Man loves the LARP. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. But I could do that because if you if I have Black Panther LARP, no one's going for that. You know what I mean? <laughs> if, uh, if, if Thor suddenly loves like collectibles, like no one's going, no one's going for that. So I think part of the attraction for someone who's who's not necessarily an outsider like James Gunn or myself is that you go, well, it's kind of a blank canvas, but they're interesting. It's like how, like they're already interesting sort of, but they seem like jokes, but they're not. Everything's interesting for different reasons. So, right. um, so that's my thing. I, 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 I wish I could be like, I know where, I know what's happened to this character for the last 10 years. And so I'm excited about, because I can see all the ways to manipulate you know what I mean? Like, oh, they, there was sometimes the writer introduced the thing and never went back to it. And I want to yeah. bring that. I have no idea. Um, and that's not because I don't like it. It's just because I've been reading Kaiju Max instead. I've been reading Headlopper instead. I've been reading Four Kids Walking. I'm reading other things. You know what I mean? I'm reading this the stuff that's in the same. I'm reading Stillwater. I'm not, I didn't read Batman. I read Stillwater and In. You know, like that's what I read from Chip over the last. I read Public Domain. Like Public Domain so good. So good. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I, it's the challenge because I, I consider myself a storyteller. And again, it's a very specific voice, whether it's good or bad, but I think it's interesting. I think it's different. And I want the challenge for sure. And I, here's the thing, like, I love, I watch that show and I'm like, this is Peacemaker for me. And I got to make this character. And I'm like, that character's for me. I could write Peacemaker forever. Am I doing, I'm doing six inches. But it's like, I, I'm interested because that next character is like, I'm probably going to fall in love. Like it, maybe I fall in love with Ghost Rider. Maybe I fall in love with obscure name ex uh, detective chimp that seems like what i do is detective chimp i feel like that um, would be a, yeah that would be a fit but like it could be anyone it's like you just find you just, i just have to find my hook into it and i i'm excited about the challenge and i guarantee i i would bet at some point i'll be like man 
like I loved I loved uh, I loved the new warriors like the new warriors and thunderbolts sort of came out at the same time and yeah. I felt in a time of very dark comics they were like regular ass superhero comics and I loved them and that's like was it like, man I'm writing night thrasher how weird would that be like how we I'd be like this is crazy this is crazy <laughs> because I think about that kid I think about that 18 year old kid who just loved nightcrawler you know what I mean and to be like he'd be so stoked about this stuff that Thanos I mean like, 18 year old me would be like Thanos, that's cool, right? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, guess who's drawing it? He's like, it's not Ron Lim. I'm like, it's Ron Lim. Uh, <laughs> at the time, I'm just like, I'm just. But now it's like, look at the great job Ron did. Ron did a great job on this piece. Um, so yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. I hope it happens. And if it doesn't happen, you know what? There's more Kyle Starks comics coming out from Skybound and Dark Horse and Image, and it'll still exist. But I would, I, I think it'd be, I think it's, it seems fun to me, like the challenge of because it's like, it's like, um, like you can play professionally you can play basketball professionally in turkey and you make a living and you spend your time playing the game a game you like for a living but you're in turkey right right like you're in turkey like you kind of want to go to the nba for a minute and i think it's true even like in wrestling it's like man no one wanted to go to we but then they kind of still want to go to w because that's where you made it that's the idea where everyone else goes you made it so i hope i hope i do i think peacemaker it already has made some things available but i uh, I'd like to have a run on something, I don't, and I don't know what it is. I hope I hope they tell me soon. I hope they tell me, and I hope it's great. And again, I hope everyone reads it. And they're like, that was fun. That was worth my time. What a fun comic! <laughs> Absolutely, and I, I I look forward to that. You just you just referenced wrestling, and is that are you a wrestling fan? I'm I'm absolutely a wrestling fan. My first comic, uh, which I mentioned earlier, was called The Legend of Ricky Thunder. And at the time, I never finished a comic. That was my goal. My goal was just to finish a comic because I was having my second kid. And I was like, well, it has to be something that can keep my interest. And this was 2000, early 2010s. And it's about, it's about a wrestler. He's a world champ and then aliens land. He, he, he thinks wrestling's real. He doesn't understand. So he's, he's a bad wrestler. But he's the world champ and <laughs> aliens land. And they're like, well, you, you're clearly this world's champion if you can defend it's this dumb little wrestling story. It's on my website, Um, It's just this dumb little wrestling story where he's the world champ and he has to defend the world against an alien invasion. Um, you know what I mean? That's so, funny. yeah, I love wrestling. I'm a big wrestling boy. Um, because It's just like 80s action movies, man. And comics, they're all the same. I love these dumb male power fantasies where no matter what the problem is, it must be resolved with fight. It, it must be resolved <laughs> with a fight. Uh, so, yeah, I'm a big wrestle boy. And it's, it's an interesting time to be a, a wrestling fan. Just like it's an interesting time to be a comic fan. So. Completely agreed. Uh, so real quick, then, can I get your thoughts on WrestleMania? Yeah. What do you What do you want to know? What's ha- I've no like they've just they've said nothing, right? Like they, well, what's happening? Next well, we week, know who knows. We've got like it, Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes, for example. I don't. I don't think it's going to be just Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes, but I don't know that decisively. I do think they've hard pivoted, and it, it's going to be Usos versus uh, Sammy and Kevin, right? Yeah, don't you yeah. think? Yeah. I think that's a shame. I mean, that's the end result is those guys taking it for sure. That's wonderful. But I feel like it should be a three-way. I feel like it should be a three-way. Um, I'll tell you, I was talking to my dude because like, uh, I didn't watch WWE. I didn't come back until Vince, they got rid of him because it was so bad. It was unwatchable. It was it was literally insulting to me as a fan. And it's funny, like AEW, we watched Lucha Underground. Like Lucha Underground sure. was magical. And AEW, especially like the first, through the pandemic years, was amazing. And then for some reason, they don't know what they're doing anymore. And it's kind of bad but it sounds like man it's like you know wwe's got like a handful of things like i'm yeah. really interested in yeah. this anything with the bloodline i'm really interested in um 
Captain Ray and Dom. Oh my God! Because yes. this is a good story, right? Yeah. So like, I'll tell you. I'll tell you like what I can't believe I'm excited about. I can't believe I'm excited for Brock Lesnar to throw this seven foot man around a ring Come for on. like 15 minutes. And it's like, why am I excited? It's like because I want to see him ragdoll a giant man, and that's so it's so messed up. But I'm like, I'm kind of really excited to see him ragdoll this giant man for 15 minutes. There's no story there. It's just Brock Lesnar is going to kill a man, and I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, but they have a lot of stuff going on. There's either lesser stuff like like the Edge and Judgment Day stuff. I think is passingly interesting because everyone's good. But it's like I'm not. But I tell them I do. I'm like you know what? I really I'm really enjoying NXT, and I enjoy NXT because it feels like a high school talent show. Sure. Everyone's trying really <laughs> hard, you know. But it's like everyone's trying. Like yeah. everyone's yeah. trying. Um, and it's also like everyone's trying to get just like a little bit of attention. My guy was like, he's like, the wrestling's terrible. I'm like, well, the wrestling's the least interesting part of wrestling, especially if it's a WWE product. I don't, I don't like, I'm not like, man, I hope I get to see two hours of people fake fight really good today. I'm like, give me my soap operas, give me my soap operas. And I want them to fight at the end. <laughs> like, that's all I want. Uh, it's an interesting time. WWE is great. I do a sticker club. This is my bad pitch. I do a sticker club through my Patreon. It's $5 a month. I do two stickers. It's whatever I want. Sometimes I let my Patreon vote. That's the way you do it through Patreon. And this month, uh, at the end of, at, what's this? The first the first of April, I'm sending out two stickers. It's Sammy and Roman. Sammy and Roman. Oh. Uh, you can see them on my Instagram or on my Twitter. So, because it's, it's right. And I ha- I've avoided wrestling because, like, I have my fans who are comic book fans. And I'm, it's a lot of movie stuff. It's a, whatever. There's like Total Recall. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just did, uh, I just did Dark Hawk and Sleepwalker for last month because they want to do 90s Marvel, dumb, dumb Marvel stuff. Um, and so it's my kind of my first wrestling. And I'm kind of, because like that's a whole different sticker club. But it's like, I'm in love with the story. It's the best story in 10 years, maybe longer, frankly. Um, so wow. yeah. And then next, next month's like Dolly Parton. It's crazy. It's a crazy thing. It, it's like whatever I want to do, but I let my Patreon vote maybe twice a year. Because I don't know what to do. Mm. Um, but yeah, this month we're doing because I'm so into WWE right now. I think they're doing a great job. And I love Sammy. Sammy Zayn, I think, is, is the new McFoley, right? Like, don't you think he's got that totally. same? Yeah. Totally. And I here's the thing, the crazy thing, because I'm an indie guy. I was a Chikara guy. I don't know if I'm if you know anything about Chikara. But yeah, Chikara, yeah. it was wrestling for superhero fans. And it should have been huge. But loved El Generico. And this guy who is m- cashing checks with his mouth right now, like at the highest level, like his stuff is... Cody's are great. Don't get me wrong, but Sammy's connecting, right? And this is a guy who, until he went to WWE, never said a word of English and never said more than two words. Never said more than two words. And now it's like, what a prodigy! Like, what just a, uh, what Shocking. just a prodigy? I think he is. Yeah. So I'm, I mean, I, we, I, lo- I, I loved him in the mix. I've just, been, I love him. No, who else can put on a match with Johnny Knoxville that anyone wants to actually watch? Right? It was good. Oh, that, it was so good because he's great. Now, I'll tell you, this is I don't. This is the point where like people are like, no, we came for the comics. So <laughs> there was a bit uh, during the during the Indies when Chikara was and, and X Pac was kind of doing this not a retirement tour, but he's sort of doing the I still got it tour, right? And X Pac's not a very good wrestler. He's fine. He's yeah. listen. He's just not. I know in WWE the one two three kid was better than ninety. But that's a low bar, my guys. And people were telling me like, man, like X Pac's really got it. And I'm like, I mean, I'm like, he's fine. What are you saying? I'm like, no. Did you see that match he had with El Generico? And I'm like, my dude. That's El Generico. Like, that's not X-Pac. El Generico is that good. And everyone looks good with him. That's how good that dude is. Like, you're reading right. this the wrong way. So, seeing him and, like, Kevin Owens is still Kevin Steen. I have to correct myself every time I go to say Because <laughs> he's still be Kevin Steen to me. Their run in Ring of Honor is one of... Their, their story in Ring of Honor is the same as Raven and Tommy Dreamer at ECW. It's an all-time... Stone Cold and Undertaker, even. 
all time goat storylines. Um, and I don't know if it quite gets the attention it deserves. That drama they had, those weird, those crazy ladder matches, it was like the highest drama wrestling can be. And man, that's what that's when wrestling does. When people don't like wrestling, I'm like, sure, of course you don't. I, why would you? But if you want to watch Kevin Owens, Kevin Steen, and El Generico in Ring of Honor, I bet you might change your mind. If you're following Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns, you might change your mind because it's crazy. It's high. It's storytelling at the highest level. Yeah, uh, and it's it's doing it, and it's not a movie. It's not a. It's not. You can't tell stories in that like you can anyplace else. The format's different. It doesn't make any sense. It's not suited to tell a story. Like you have to, you have to finagle. They're working so hard to make like where do you put the people to do the next thing? Where's the segment? You have to do a segment. Uh, it's crazy. Wrestling's crazy, and I, it's wrestling, action movies, horror two, comic books, is that at their base, they're fine. You can you read one, and you'll be like, that was fine. And that's sort of the baseline. They're mostly just fine. But every now and then, they rise above. They rise above. And when they do, it's like this is as high as art can be because of the handicaps, they had, the disabilities they had to <laughs> overcome, right? Um and that's why I love those. I love what, you know, they were called low art. Would, 20 years ago, you'd been like, oh, those, that's low art. Like, those are low art. It's like, no, now they're, now we call them genre, which is way better. They're, they're, are their niche, their niche, niche genres. Uh, that's like, that's what I love, man. You have to overcome so much to tell a good superhero comic or to tell a good horror movie. Um, cause most of the time they're just fine. They're just, they're just fine. And that's again why my bar <laughs> was so low, right? <laughs> I just want people to be like, that was entertaining because I just don't want to be fine. I don't want people to be like, that was fine. I would be like, that was entertaining. Uh, and I endeavor for that. Yeah, WWE is great right now. Uh, God bless the WWE right now. I, I'm completely poor, with um, you. Poor Almas. Almas is a dead man. He's I, in trouble. He's a dead man. Uh, and also, please don't bring back Vince. I did want to say, please. right, the uh, the stickers that you talked about, I just, I'm, I'm looking at them now. The Roman and Sammy, they're so much fun. And there's a whole bunch more that I'm seeing here. Uh, yeah, I clearly, have a bunch of them. It's a blast. I saw one uh, when I was um, looking you up. I saw one of Bane doing a kickflip. I think um, hey, that's that on. My, I think that's on my threadless because he was born in the skate park. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I think you can. I think you can get a sticker, but that's on threadless. That's on on threadless. I have a shop that I never use, but yeah, I had a dumb Bane joke. I was like, let's put it on a shirt. I have a dumb RoboCop joke that's on there on that shop too. Um, but yeah, the sticker club's fun. I. What do you do with? you know 24 stickers a year i don't know i don't know what people do with them i think they just stack them up but uh they're fun they're they're fun they're fun little things to do and uh, i think patreon's a great way to in, engage with any creator mm -hmm. um i'm so busy right now i'm a bad patreon but if if you passingly like someone i speak to anyone not just you obviously because i'm sure you know but if you pass it if you're like man i really like um uh, I'm looking around to just think of someone. Well, the comics pals are a great example because we have a Patreon page. Right, perfect. Well, okay, yeah. So I mean, that's a perfect thing. Like, and here's the thing: Patreon is great for podcasts because it makes the most yeah. sense. Um, because it's a format suited to getting a little bit extra, and because you know you're at there's how else are you making money? Like, the only way you're making money is through advertisers or through Patreon, probably. Right? Am I yeah. wrong? Yeah. Right. Or YouTube. So, yeah. YouTube has some opportunities, but yeah, YouTube with ad sales and stuff too. So like, if you like a creator. And they have a Patreon. And if you like someone, if you like Ron B, I don't know if Ron B does. Probably he probably doesn't need it. But um, maybe our Substack. Substack is very similar in a sketchier, weirder way. Um, is that I think it's a great way to support someone you like, but you also get to interact with them. And this goes 
again to what you said earlier like it's such a weird time because now if someone reads my peacemaker on may 2nd or whenever it comes out and they like it they can literally just talk to me <laughs> right <laughs> they, they can just i exist everywhere and whether or not i necessarily respond i probably will whether or not i respond right but it's like you can you can get a, someone could get on my patreon and send me a message and i'll respond to it if you're on patreon i have to you gave me money i have to respond um i don't ha legally have to but i'm obligated because i'm a midwestern boy uh but it's a crazy that's another crazy thing is like and there's so many conventions like if you want to meet the person who made the thing you like you can if you want to ask them a question you can it's just a crazy wild time in that regard the patreon if you like someone it's probably it's probably worth it i'm a, you get stickers from me that's what you get and occasionally i do like a tweet i do like one post a month maybe but i used to do hangouts i used to be more engaged um and i just i'm so busy right now it makes it harder but sure. we still get the stickers out and they're fun stickers and like I said, you get to vote every couple of months. I think the next three months are set because I just did a vote and I'm so busy. I can't think about it. So I know we're doing Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. I don't know if you know that. That's a great TV show. Um, and uh, we're doing Shaun of the Dead. Like that'll be coming okay. up next couple months too. Yeah, there's obscure. That's what I like about it is because it's whatever I want. You know what I mean? And it, at the same time, my patrons like, what do you guys want? You want me to do Garth Marenghi's Dark Place? Yeah, I love <laughs> that. Would I, would I go out at it? that's something when i first started i had a garth Marenghi's dark place like print and no one ever bought it because no one knew what it was but if you did buy it i thought you were the cool like this is my guy right like i found my people <laughs> uh and now it's like i just get to do whatever i want which is great uh that's a great it's on who uh, no it's on peacock it used to be on hulu it's great it's got one of the guys from uh what we do in shadows in it okay and it's got richard io80 in it you know richard from uh, it crowd i don't uh, i don't Ooh, IT Crowd's great. That's on Netflix. These are British shows. That's why you don't know what they are. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'm like, huh. Yeah, IT Crowd's great. Um, Dark, Dark Marines and Dark Places is great. It's basically like Stephen King wrote a medical drama. If it's a spoof of like if Stephen King wrote a medical drama, it's very funny. I think it's six episodes. That's all it lasted. Oh, um, wow. And it's like comically low budget because it would have been it's like an 80s. It's set in the 80s. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, anyway, who cares about Garth Marines Dark Places besides me and <laughs> All the Garth Marenghi Dark Place fans, I guess. <laughs> well, if you do care, then I think Kyle's Patreon page would be a great place to go uh, so <laughs> to right. get that sticker. <laughs> um, and and I want to say, you know, thank you so much for your time, Kyle, because yeah. I love whenever on this show we get to speak to creators who are doing different things. Um, and that's fun. For me, that's for me as someone who's been reading comics for 20 years, I will always love superheroes. I will never, my fascination with them will never go away, but yeah. I need something different also. And yeah. for people like me and people like you, clearly there's never been a better time to be a comics fan. than you you'd have to go to before the direct market when you had like all kinds of different genres and it was an explosion and superheroes mm -hmm. were just a small part of the pic, the, the bigger picture. Um, so I appreciate you being one of those bright spots in the industry hey. and someone who's doing something that's different and special. So yes, thank you for that. Well, thanks for saying that, man. That means a lot because we're, we're out here trying, you know? Yeah. We're out, here, we're out here trying. Well, let the people know where they can find you and, and keep up with your work. Yeah, I'm uh, at the Kyle Starks on all of them, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, KyleStarks.com is my site. You can buy things off me. Don't buy it from your shop, man. I like, I want your money so badly, but your shop is selling my book. So if order from their shop, uh, don't don't order from Amazon unless you absolutely have to. Uh, <laughs> order from your shop. We love it. We love it. We love it. If you go in there and you tell us, if, if 10 people go into a shop this weekend and say, I want this book by Kyle Starks, they'll be like, oh, 
and they'll pay attention to the next one. Right now, I have two books coming out. I have the second art of I Hate This Place, which started, um, they both started at the beginning of this month. They're on the same day. They'll be coming out for the same day, I think, for the next two months. <laughs> um, uh, Where Monsters Lie issue. So it, the new arc started uh, the first trades and stories now of I Hate This Place. Uh, it came out in December. It's very good. Uh, the new arc just started, so your store, your shop price still has issue six. You can probably get it on right now. Uh, Where Monsters Lie just started, which is my new four-issue series from Dark Horse, which is about a gated community for slasher villains. It's very good. And then once that ends, I think the same day, I think I'm there's five weekends this month, so it might not be, but I think the Peacemaker comes out the same day I Hate This Place and Where Monsters Lie does. So I think it's going to be like Whoa. double Kyle for a while. So May, first, May 2nd, the first Wednesday of May, uh, Peacemaker comes out, and that's what I got that's announced that I can talk about uh, for the next, like, what, seven months. We're very excited. Lots of Kyle Starks comics coming out. And awesome. hopefully more right after that because we got stuff we're working on. So very exciting. Love it. Can't wait for more. Hopefully we can do this again when you do have for sure, shows. man. Yeah, absolutely. So again, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it. And we will see you guys next time. Take care, guys.